The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to a very special edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy McCarthy, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at jeremycarthy 74 This week's show is dedicated to our VIP special guest, former crewman Cork LGFA senior footballer, Erica O'Shea. I spoke to Erica from her Melbourne base ahead of the new AFLW season to find out how she's settling in and what's in store for her first ever season as a professional AFLW player with the North Melbourne Kangaroos. I'm also joined on this week's special edition of the Women in Sport podcast by a resident AFLW expert and coach to current and former Irish players heading over to Australia, Mike Caran. Mike gives his opinion on Erica's skill set and how she will do in Melbourne as well as all the latest news on the 21 Irish players heading down under. That's all to come on this week's special AFLW edition of the Women in Sport podcast. Erica O'Shea has come a long way in a short period of time, but the former Cork LGFA star is now a professional AFLW player for the North Melbourne Kangaroos. I spoke to Erica from her Melbourne base about a wide range of topics, including a bumpier than expected 21-hour flight, her father John, who has travelled out with Erica, becoming a social media celebrity, and if and when he decides to come home, uh, getting tackled hard for the first time in training and getting back up straight away, what pre-season is like for an AFLW rookie, how much she's looking forward to meeting up with her new Irish teammates, Vicky Wall, and much, much more. Now, what a thrill it is to be joined here on the Big Red Bench by none other than AFLW star and former Cork LGFA senior all the way from Australia, Erica O'Shea. Erica, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, Joe. I'm really excited to talk to you as usual. <laughs> Uh, as usual, well, the last couple of times we would have spoke, it was about certain uh, more domestic matters like, you know, club championships and intercounty championships. <laughs> but you speak to me from the other side of the world in Melbourne. You have signed uh, as one of the 21 Irish players that will be taking part in AFLW season 7.0 with the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Um, what I suppose I have a million questions. We haven't time to get to all of them, but I suppose the first thing, how did the trip over go and how did the transformation from being in Ireland, being an 18-year-old and belated birthday greetings, you turned 19 since we last spoke, congratulations. Um, getting on the plane and getting over to Australia. I know your dad was with you, but what was that experience like? So it was obviously very tough, even just leaving my friends and family back home. Um, I'd go, I didn't think I was going to find it as hard leaving, like my mum, for example, like yeah. at the airport and stuff. I found that very tough because I never had to do it before. Like the first I went to would be Limerick with my mum. <laughs> So that was obviously tough. Um, so, yeah, no, like I was lucky my dad is with me because I genuinely would be lost without him. He's been through everything now with me and it's just amazing to have him with me. And like we're having the best time together. We really are making memories, which is great. Like I love it. So the journey over, we first went on the plane from Cork to Heathrow and we did that at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so my poor man was up all hours and she was there. And my friend Connor came and my um, brother as well. So they're all at the airport with me. And then we went from Heathrow to 21 hour flight straight to Perth. And then Perth, five hours to Melbourne. So a bit of a journey, but it was good all, nonetheless. But the only thing was, <laughs> there was turbulence and I got scared. All right. And I was kind of looking over at my dad. And he was snoring. So I was ready to hit him. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I once did the flight to Sydney, but it was 16 hours and then we had a break in Korea and we flew off again for another, I don't know what, and that was terrible. 21 hours in the plane is an awful, an awful journey. Your father sounds like he handled it a little bit better, but how is he since he's been in Australia? Because I, I had visions of this man going off becoming an agent now, like, you know, for Irish players coming over. Has he t- how is he finding the Aussie experience? He's taking like a duck to water, I'm telling you. <laughs> is he going home? That's what your mother wants to know. Is he actually going to go back? <laughs> My mum actually rang earlier asking him the same question, Ger, and he had no answer for her. So. Oh, yeah, like he's loving it out here, which is just great. Like he comes to my trainings, he'll be taking pictures and videos on the sideline. So no, it's just great having him out here, even just for the like cooking part as well, because I'm not the best chef yet. So he's just teaching me the bits and pieces here and there. So yeah, I know I'm very lucky he's with me. Okay, so look, having the emotional support more than anything, just having him there is huge obviously for anybody going over, especially somebody so young. Um, but you were so determined to do this and you were committed to doing it and you knew it wouldn't be easy. You've done it now. You're there. Can you give, especially younger girls maybe listening to this podcast, can you just give us an idea now of what life is like a day in the life with the kangaroos and what it is you actually do? What's a kind of a typical training day at the moment? And I, granted, it's preseason, so it's pretty tough. Yeah, 100%. So preseason is very tough. So I'm lucky dads with me. Like, I met up with a good few of the Irish girls and lads out here now at the moment. So I'm for coffees with them. Like Sarah Rowe was one and Ashley Sheridan. And they even just gave me their insight and the really game for me, which is just great. Like all the Irish stood together out here. And it's like one big family, which is just really nice to have. And like um, they explained to me their sides of the story and like their fathers actually came over with them as well. And they came over first just to sort out stuff. And the training now, obviously, for young girls, like to get a grasp of it, it, it is intense. Um, more physical, obviously, than getting football back home. But it's the best thing I've ever done. Like I, I can't say enough. It was just the right move for me at the time, and I'm loving every minute of it. And like I wake up in the morning, and like I'm training now Saturday morning at like eight o'clock. So I'll be up at around half five, six to eat. So obviously they can be early starts, but like once the team's there together, it's like another family. Like I'm not making lifelong friends already. And like we start off with upper body gym, then go straight to the pitch and we do skills and then onto physical tackling. And oh my God, Jerry, I'm done this the first day I got training. We did a drill and one of the girls came at me and cleaned me off the pitch. Like I just got all whacked out of it. And I didn't know what happened. Like all the girls were like, oh, like, oh, she okay. And I was fine. Like I hopped back up. But like it's obviously very physical compared to getting football. So I'm not used to that. But then we do that pitch session and like obviously there's a lot of tackling and stuff. And then we go lower body gym after. So it's a lot of gym, pitch gym scenarios during the day. Um, the skills that you've taken from football, obviously your speed and your agility and your ability with the ball in hand, how have you found the transformation just to an oval ball? I mean, it's, it sounds, I know you learning how to hop it even properly. I mean, that, that, that takes a bit of time, you know, tackling and everything else and feeling, you know, that will come, that should come naturally to as should the kicking, but it's the hopping and the controlling of it. How difficult have you found that? Yeah. So it's obviously been very difficult, but like, I can't stress enough how good the coaches and even the girls, the players, they've been doing extras with me. I met Darren Crocker today. He was an AFL legend. I want to ask about Crocker, player. actually. Yeah. How much of an influence yeah. has he been? Oh, on, on, like he's, I can't speak highly enough of him. And the thing is, he's just so supportive. Like, if one of the girls mess up, there's not one raise of a voice. He just tells them what they did wrong quietly and just says, just try this next time. And he's just, he's just so good at teaching you what to do without 
giving out and stuff and it's just he's so supportive I can't stress enough how good he is and like he's so skillful like the small things I've never looked at that he'd show me like his point of view and it just clears everything up for me and like yeah he's so skillful and I'm learning so much from him and I just it's just great to be around someone like (laughs) such a legend like him one thing I liked a lot and what, what I like a lot because we talk about it every week here uh, on, on our AFLW segment is the way the Australian players welcome the foreign players, mm-hmm. the Irish players over because, you know, if you're an Australian and, you know, I know it's expanded now, it's the biggest ever AFLW season. It's going to be played in huge stadiums. There's going to be a lot more people eyeballs watching it now, obviously in this part of the world because there's 21 Irish players, including yourself. But what I really liked though, and I saw it with you as well, Erica, the welcome that you got was genuine from the kangaroos like they really are glad to see you there and even though you're not australian and you're coming in i've seen it in other sports you know foreign players coming in and and, you know people start complaining oh there's too many players on where's it all going to end there's none of that in aflw i mean there seems like a camaraderie i suppose that's the word i'm looking for and you did get a lovely you've gotten a lovely you seem like you got a lovely welcome and it seems like it's been genuine because there seems to be a lot of people looking out for you yeah like nathan and them collect me from the airport and they just got such a welcome off them as well and straight away with the team like I never experienced such a welcome and so many friendly faces like I went for lunch with the girls they bought me my lunch they bought me all the stuff for my bed like duvets and stuff they just wanted to help out as much as they could and the same with the club they've given me so much to give me a fridge give me random stuff like that like so the club have been amazing and so have the girls and like just the support that they give you like I'd be training I mess up like obviously because I'm trying to learn it they're just the most understanding people. They come over and they're just like, Erica, you've done so well. They call me Ricky now. So Ricky. Okay, that's how we're introducing you in the podcast from now on. Go on. No. (laughs) (laughs) They say, Ricky, you're doing this wrong. And like, but like, you're doing so well to get in this position to be able to make the mistake. And they just, they look at it in a completely different way. And it's just, now one person has raised their voice at me and it's more like, you're learning because you want to learn. They want to help you grow as a person and a player, which is just an amazing experience. And I'm just so happy I'm here. <laughs> I can sense that you're happy. I can understand that you're happy, but it's still only pre-season. I mean, the season when it starts, it's going to come thick and fast in terms of the number of matches that you're going to have to play in the physicality. I have to ask you, even though I don't like asking it, have you concerns? Because look what happened to Breed Stack. I mean, Breed went over there, um, suffered a really serious injury, was lucky to come back from it. And she's back again, which is just the character of the individual that is Breed Stack. But you must look at it, especially with the tackling when you're not used to it, even that first day. There must be, and it would be natural for you to have concerns, Erica, is what I'm getting at. But I suppose, how do you overcome those? Is it just keep practicing and get through the matches and you'll just become more acclimatized to it? So I obviously, it was more nerves for me personally before I came out. I met up with a few of the girls back home as well that have been coming out here, like Adish Constantine, for example. And she was telling me, like, and Kieran Sheehan as well, they were telling me there's no like preparing for the physicality of it, like the tackling, like you're going to get taken out of it, but it's just, you have to learn from it. And straight away, when I got thrown to training, like I got tackled once or twice and I kind of got blown by it for like a minute. But like, I actually grew so much from those tackles and I said, I want them to tackle me again so I can experience what a match is like. I'm actually not scared of injury. Please God, I won't get injured, but like, I'm not scared of it at all because I know that the support that the club have too. Like I ended up with Aileen Gilroy, for example, as well. And she told me they just helped her completely through her rehab and her recovery. And she said she doesn't think she'd be able to come back to the player she is now without North Melbourne. So like this is sport they have, even if you're an injured player, is just amazing. And Breed Stack probably found it the same with her club. So 
like I'm actually scared of injury to be honest I'm ready to get stuck in and I'm ready to get my head into tackles and see how it goes sure I'm, that's yeah. what I'm here for for the football and if something happens something happens and I'll deal with it but please God I'll be okay yeah I mean again I'm not I'm not looking to jinx you or anything like I, do. I just think it's a question people would like to know you know somebody yeah. that's gone over there like you know you have to have a bit of trepidation but, but it's the same I suppose as going out in a football pitch for a football match or a camogie yeah. match you know you have those concerns like yeah yeah, exactly. So I feel like it's more of how you look at it. Like if you're nervous about it, I feel like you're going to be hesitating in the tackles and that could cause you an injury. But if you just yeah. go head first, like Sinead Goldrick and them, there's going to be no problems, I'd say. <laughs> for uh, are, you, are you for that matter? Um, Mike Coran is our resident Big Red Bench AFLW expert. I, I took a chance when I, I chanced my arm and got him on the show one for one show thinking this guy might know what he's talking about. Oh my God, does he know what he's talking about? And the amount of people he has helped in AFLW from his, his AFLW Ireland to, tra- to transfer over and go through the things that people don't see behind the scenes, you know, the, the, the playing journeys and what to expect and everything and dealing with the clubs and contracts. He's such an important figure in this country and I know you would have met him and come across him how important was the advice he gave you before you set foot in Australia yeah so Mike is extremely knowledgeable obviously in AFL and he was just great to give me the basic skills and the like knowledge on everything like um, I can't thank Mike enough for everything he's done and I know the girls obviously over here speaking with you them have spoke so highly about Mike as well like he's obviously a huge asset for AFL in Ireland and in Australia for bringing the girls over so yeah, a lot of the girls definitely wanted to be able to come over without Mike. He's just he's been amazing, amazing for all of us. Um, where you are in the part of the world, Australia sports mad anyway, and you probably knew that before you said vote, but now you really know. Um, and both for male and thankfully female sports are starting to get a little bit more parity than they would normally in terms of rugby, in terms of soccer, and definitely in terms of AFLW. The rivalry in Melbourne, the city, when it comes to AFLW, I can see it's filing. I mean, you're going to be expected, there's going to be big support for the Kangaroos this year, but then there's going to be a lot of focus on you as well when it comes to the rivalry and the city games and the inter, and the, uh, you know, you know, like your main rivals. But what are you most looking forward to? I mean, obviously get the first game out of the way, I'd imagine will be a big one for you. But what are you most looking forward to when it comes to actually getting into those games and playing in big stadiums? I'm just looking forward to seeing the atmosphere and the difference of everything I practice on the pitch at the moment during training and just put those skills to use and hopefully get a game. Like I'm, I'm trying my best, but I know I'm still one of the youngest on the team. So like, I'll just see how it goes and based off that, but the coaches and everything have been telling me great stuff and they're really happy with how I'm going and I am improving so much. So it's looking good so far. So I'm happy at the moment. Yeah, it's a case of bedding in really, isn't it, for somebody so young? I know you're sick of being told you're so young, but you are. I mean, for somebody to become a professional <laughs> athlete, do you feel like a professional athlete, Erica? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> do you realise that, that you are a professional athlete? Though? I suppose it's a better person. <laughs> no, I don't think it's hit me, to be honest, because like, even like, when a lad said to me today, he was like, you know, this is your job. And I was like, is it my job? Because like, I feel like I'm, it's back home, because like, you just play it because you love it. And like I, I, like, I love the sport AFL just as much as football, which I never thought I would. And there's so much skill to it that I, like, obviously watching it, you think there is skill, but there's just so much more skill than it looks. Um, so, like, obviously, like, I should, I should feel like one, but I don't at all. But just a reminder that you are a professional now, and you know, you must act accordingly, both on and off the pitch, he said, laughing. Um, I guess as well, the other thing I wanted to know from your point of view, you're obviously missing home and that's understandable. You're not over there that long. And I know you've had fantastic support from your family and friends, but McCroom, 
LGFA and Cork LGFA and Shane Ronan has been speaking very highly of you in the press here since you've gone. He's also, though, expressed a concern. And I just wanted to ask you this question that, you know, if the best, if the best and brightest talents from ladies football keep going over, you know, it's, it's going to become a talent drain from this side of the fence. Now, for somebody who's made the jump, I know you can appreciate how difficult it was to let go of the Cork setup because you were, you know, you fought so hard to get into it from underage, Erica. We all know the story, like you're missing out in 14 and coming back to leave was a huge thing. I know it was because you told me, but now that you're there and you see the number of Irish players, I mean, 21 Irish players is a huge number. It's never, we've never seen the likes of it go over to Australia to play professionally. Do you, first of all, two questions. Do you see more people going over and do you, do you understand Shane's point of view from it? Like that if the best of the, of the best of ladies football, not just in Cork, but throughout the country end up going to Australia, that it could become a talent train from this side. Like, of course I understand Shane's concern because you have the likes of like Vicky Wall, Player of the Year. She's coming out here playing with me as well. So like the best of the best, like her, like for example, it, like are leaving me. Like and there are such good teams here. So like there is talent being lost in Ireland, obviously. But at the same time, it's just that like you get the opportunity to become a professional athlete, and it's so hard to pass up that. Even just the lifestyle here, I, I I never thought I'd like it. Like I'm such a home person. Anyone would tell you that, and I hated leaving McCroom and and Cork obviously because the Cork setup was my life completely. Like everything revolved around it for two years, so like that was very tough. But it's the best thing I've ever done for me as a person. Even just to grow, like I never thought I'd be able to move country and just make for the friends that I have across the world. And like it's just I feel like for players. It is a hard decision if you do get offered. So you really have to think about everything and the family and stuff to leave behind. It is really tough. But like after speaking even with the lads that are my age as well that moved out here, they're in Melbourne as well. And like they said the exact same thing, leaving home was so tough and leaving their court, the county setups and stuff. So I think for players, like you can't really stop them from going. It's their choice at the end of the day. And it, it is tough, but it's the opportunity to become a professional athlete, like I said, and it's just something that can't be offered at the moment back home, which is hard. No, that's a fair answer. That's a fair answer. Who are you closest <laughs> to in the kangaroo dressing room right now? I'm definitely Karen's the captain, I'd say. She's, she's just, she's very cute. She's like one of the best um, friends I've made. She's been looking out for me since day one and doing extras with me completely. And there's a lot of girls that are my age now, like Bella and the girls which I just clicked with straight away. I can name out the whole team too, George. <laughs> oh, no, you don't have to. It's okay. I figured you would. <laughs> and what about, the, yeah. what about the the reality of life away from the training pitch? Because look, you're very raw. You're very new. So you're going to be very busy, you know, getting ready for your first season. You, you'll be getting opportunities, we hope, in the first season. But like the life away from it, and Melbourne's a beautiful city. And it's a lovely part of the world. Um, I know you've got your dad there with you, but just in terms of the socializing and just acclimatizing to it, it's, it sounds like you've settled in very well in that city. Yeah, like 100%. So because there's so many clubs in Melbourne alone, there's so many Irish people, boys and girls out here that are in their 20s like me and just trying to make a living out here. And it's just, we all like meet up and like we all stay in contact, which is just great. So I'm actually making loads of friends from Ireland out here, I'd say. Um, but it sounds a bit, but yeah, like all the girls as well, they're really good to me on my off days. A few of them text me and be like, do you want to go for a cycle? Do you want to go shopping? Mm. trying to get lunch and we just stick together which is great and like we're going out to Tasmania now and uh, camp next week so we're going to flying away <laughs> to an island and we're just having our training camp and team bonding and I, I can't wait it's just, I'm living the life out here like 
What does your father do while you go flying off to Tasmania? How does he occupy himself? John finds stuff to do. I'm telling you that for a fact. He's going to the horse racing now on Saturday and he told me it's a matter of if I want to go, I can go with him, but he's going. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm telling you, Jerry, he's, he's living the high life here too. I'm like your mother. I'm getting worried. He's, 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 he's settled in very quickly there. Like it might, t- it might take a bit of effort to get him on that plane home. Um, no, obviously he's going to want to come up at some stage. Look, um, I mean, for what you've done, and we've said it before, for the age that you're at, you, you have the skill levels. You can do this. So we all, anyone, when we found out you were going, Erica, in the press, we knew that this was likely because of the skill set you possess. You, it's, I think Aussie rules suits you in certain positions on the pitch, but have you been kind of told where on the pitch that you're going to be kind of focusing on or are they still experimenting with you in different spots? So they definitely look at me as a back mm. at the moment and they said I'm a very defensive player kind of able to go up the pitch fast which they liked, so they look at me in the defensive role, which I'm delighted with because a forward role would not suit me, Ger. <laughs> I'm telling you that. And just finally, look, it's it's been a, it's been a roller coaster. He said, "Cliche alert uh, to go from you know McCroom and Cork, get on the plane, uh, get to the other side of the world uh, into a huge uh, metropolis like that that Melbourne is, but to settle in and start you know as well as you have and as early it's still very early days, Erica. As you know, it looks really positive for you. Everything is going really well at the moment, and we hope that that continues. But what's on the horizon now? I mean, you go out to training camp in Tasmania, and then it won't be long before the season starts." Yeah, so then our first match would be it's a practice match against Collingwood. So I'll be seeing Ashton Sheridan and Sarah Rowe on the pitch. I can't wait though. Those girls are great and they've been so good to me. Um, but we'll have to forget about that now when I'm playing. <laughs> but yeah, no, so like, straight after that, Vicky should be over here by then as well, which I can't wait to meet her and have her over here with me so we can share the experience together. And I feel like we're both going to like obviously be very close from being the only two Irish over here. And being able to practice the skills and the off days and stuff so yeah I'm really looking forward to her coming as well and just the plan to be honest is just focus on the footy and see where it goes from there I think that's about the best thing you can possibly do well listen you know everybody here on the big red bench is rooting for you all through the season we're going to have weekly segments uh, we're, we're talking about having a weekly hour long segment there's so many Irish players involved now that we're going to have to talk about including yourself <laughs> But we're delighted you made the move. I'm personally delighted that you made the move. I think it's the right thing for you. It was a gutsy thing to do and it would work out for you. But as it goes, Erica, we let we let you know now for another bit. And uh, once you get your pre-season and the season up and running, and maybe when your dad eventually goes home, we'll, we'll make contact again and have a chat with yourself and Vicky Wall. But for <laughs> now, uh, from everybody here in Cork Shred FM, we wish you nothing but the best in, the, in this new professional venture as an AFLW player. Hope it works out for you. And uh, good luck now for the rest of the pre-season and the opening weeks of the new campaign. Thank you so much, Cher. It was great to talk to you as usual. AFLW Ireland expert and coach to future and current AFLW Irish stars, Mike Curran, joins me on this week's very special AFLW edition of The Big Red Bench. Mike gives his opinion on Erica's skill set and chances of becoming a success with the North Melbourne Kangaroos, as well as what it's like settling in during those first few weeks as an Irish AFLW player in Australia. Also, Mike gives us all the latest news on some of the 21 Irish players confirmed to take part in the new AFLW season, including working with two new Melbourne Demons. And we discuss the news that Disney Plus is set to air a six-part behind-the-scenes documentary on the AFLW. Delighted to be joined by AFLW Ireland coach to the stars and expert on all things AFLW here on the Big Red Bench once again, Mike Curran. Mike, you're very welcome back to the bench. How are you? Very good, Jared. Great to be back. 
Yes, you've been a busy man and we'll talk about just why you've been so busy in the last couple of days and weeks uh, shortly. But before we do that, the interview with Eric O'Shea that's just finished there, the uh, fantastic insight into somebody that you know well and that you've helped who's gone over uh, to Australia to, be, to become a professional, even though I had to point out to her, do you realise you're a professional? And <laughs> she did kind of laugh at that. It's still, a, a, a more, it's still adjusting. But the good news is, Mike, even just from listening to Erica, she's enjoying the experience and the early days of the experience. It's not been easy. She was put on the seat of her ass in her own in her own words in the first training session, but she bounced back up as we expected her to do. There is a period of adjustment when you go over when the kind of the the fairy tale almost of going over and all that uh, kind of ends, and you get down to the nitty gritty of becoming an Australian rules professional. These are important weeks though before the season starts for Erica, but it sounds like she's enjoying it. It does, Jared. Yeah, she's absolutely loving it, as we knew she would. You know, what a character. But as you say, yeah, it's it's become a reality now. So all the steps along the way, even from physically getting on the plane, a 21-hour flight from London to Melbourne, just the, the physical having to experience that, a bit of jet lag when she's got to, to Melbourne, getting out for her first training session within a few hours with one of the coaches, and then meeting up with the team and getting down to Arden Street and seeing the facilities and having her birthday party then a couple of days after arrival. You know, these are all things like Erica is a brilliant girl. She's still very young, something that she uh, wears with pride that she's the youngest player ever to go over there at just 19. But like when you go onto the AFLW pitch over there with 29 other players that you've never met before, uh, theoretically you're number 30 on the bottom of the pecking list in, in terms of your ability to play the game and knowledge of the game and stuff so it's very easy to shy into the background there for a while but Erica given her personality and her outgoingness and her confidence and her ambition was straight in there um, and getting stuck in and working hard and by all accounts from what I'm hearing back from the coaches in Melbourne she's doing fantastically well she's already considered amongst the top elite runners in the club within a few weeks which is unbelievable but again not surprising because that was one of the key um, attributes that we looked at initially when we were looking at getting Erica to go over and um, she's shown great promise on, on the oval in terms of playing in the out wide position so at the moment you're thinking come the season when Erica gets her chance at whatever time that will be that she might likely be on the wing or off half back or off the half forward flank or somewhere like that where she has a bit of space and she can utilise that speed and running ability but yeah absolutely fantastic she's loving it uh, John is over there John's already become a bit of celebrity in Melbourne they're calling him Johnny down at the North Melbourne Kangaroos the question is Mike season. is Johnny coming home that's the real question <laughs> well I was about to say he's in TikToks he's in boomerangs he's in everything well I know uh, and Erica probably touched on it there I think at this stage um, she's keen for him to come home and I was talking to her man Maria there a few days ago and she said the same. So isn't that a fantastic sign that Eric now feels comfortable enough after the four or five weeks to say, Dad, right, you can head back now. But again, I suppose it's not to be understated how mm. fantastic it was that John was able to head over with Erica and the support that she has from her parents now and all through her short career across the last few years through LGFA and everything, bringing her to every session. That support is, you, you can't talk that up enough. And to have that um, to have that over there for the first few weeks as she settled in has been phenomenal. And yeah, we knew she'd she'd make friends straight away. She's got that type of personality. Uh, so now I think yeah, she she won't be sad to see John get on the plane back to to Dublin from Melbourne in the next week or so there. 
Uh, but that's brilliant as well, and, and a great experience for him to to see her. And of course, we saw at the the jersey presentation night where Erica got her number fourteen. That that John was there to take a picture of her handing her jersey as well. And that's a, another lifetime memory. That's a photo for the for the sitting room wall at home for the O'Shea family as well. Very proud moment. Yeah, you make a very good point there. We were joking about the fact that Johnny, as uh, I'm going to call him from now on, seems to have taken to Australian life just as good as Erica has, but he obviously is going to be coming home. But that stability he has given Erica is clear, even in the turbulence that she experienced on the plane and screaming on the way over. As she mentioned, she's gotten over that. She's settled in. Another interesting point you made there, Mike, is about her positioning on the pitch because we spoke, we touched on that, the fact that she's always been a defender who loves to attack from the LGFA point of view. That kind of mindset and that kind of skill set that she has, the ability to run at top pace with a round ball, transferring that to an oval ball, that's the position for her that you foresee in the backs, in the out wide position, playing for the Kangaroos is is her best position because she she balked at the thought of being a forward. Yeah, well, well, you know, I think anything is possible out there and, and the coaches might see different things across different parts of the season. And I guarantee if if Eric has given a, a position in the forwards, she'll take it with, with both hands and she'll love it. But yeah, like I think it's that ability uh, will transfer straight from, from LGFA, that elite running, that speed, the ability to carry the ball up that wing that we see her do so often here at home. But um, as a defender or as a wing player, where that will adjust... AFLW is that she'd be able to transition the ball from defence to attack very quickly and, and that's something that I see I see them utilising her for for definite um, it will be that ability to deliver ball into the forwards at speed and to carry the ball and the other thing in terms of the technical differences between both sports and it's one of the things that the Irish players find it very hard to adjust to like in, in LGFA you've got four steps and you have to solo or bounce but in AFLW you've got 10 plus steps so hmm. once they get psychologically used to the fact that they can run for 10 metres pretty much which is a phenomenal distance when you're used to bouncing the ball after every four steps um, that elite running ability will be come to the fore even more so yeah uh, early days of course but they're the areas that Erica seems to be showing promise and they're her strong points and obviously as with most of the AFLW clubs they, they want the girls the Irish players to play to their strengths. They don't want to change them too much. They want them to play to their strengths and play to the reasons that they brought them over there in the first place. And just based on that, Mike, from your, again, you've coached all these girls that have gone over there. You know the ins and outs of AFLW inherently. You know the challenges that they're going to face. At this stage, when a player has gone over, when they've settled in, they're used to the gym work, they're used to the training, they're getting used to the oval ball, and they're in the throws now, the real serious bit of pre-season, because it's coming out, the season 7.0 is coming down the line. It's going to be here very, very shortly. At this stage of the season and of their young careers, what are the biggest challenges? Like one of the big is one of the biggest challenges for Erica. Is it is it being able to take a tackle that she would never have taken in LGFA football, or is there something else? I mean, the skills you can hone and you can work on and work on, but the physicality of it is that the real challenge now that facing up to those kind of tackles and that kind of ferocious nature of AFLW, um, the ability you know to go in around the waist and bring somebody to the ground, is that the big challenge face here, or is there something else? That's definitely one of the challenges and it would be the same for all the Irish players, you know, that physical element of it. Now, all of the girls are well able for the physical side of it, but it's that psychological impact of getting tackled first or as you said there, she mentioned herself, getting put on her ass in the first session. That's when you realise, oh geez, okay, this is this is serious now. Uh, but almost all of the players to a tee down through the years have said, once they've got their first tackle, they've gone right, this is how it works, and then they get up and get on with it and, and lay a tackle themselves and stuff. But yeah, of course, there'll be very specialist training and coaching around the, the tackle 
area and and um, the procedure and all that for tackling. That'll be very specific coaching, but it's just to adjust to the physical side of it. But I think all of the players are, are well capable of that. And outside of that, then outside of the physical aspect, I suppose the next challenge would be the game sense, like just understanding the structures of the game. It's a very structured game uh, in terms of the plays, the setups, all of that, the rules. So what I always say to all the players going over um, is that don't get too caught up in that. You know, like just come out of your head and play your natural game and play on instinct a bit. The Australian coaches will tell them that anyway as well, that they'll want them to play on instinct. Um because again, they're not going to try and stifle them with, with systems and that. But obviously, it's something that you do have to get used to. And we hear all of the players that have been over there for three, four, or five seasons, like Ailish, Sarah, Ashley, Sherrill, and all these girls have said every year it gets a bit easier. And you can you have to think less about the setups and the rules, and you can focus more on the skills. And then, of course, it becomes easier. But yeah, again, initially, there's without doubt a fear in your mind that you're going to do something silly or you're going to give away a 50-meter penalty. And these things are going to happen. So what I always say to the players is, look, it's going to happen. Just get on with it. Um, go, go next ball, refocus, and um, all the players around them will be very supportive as well. Uh, true training sessions, true games. But there's a lot to get used to. It is really, you're bringing your basic skills that are transferable. You're bringing your own strong strengths and attributes. But adjusting to the game, it is a different game completely when it comes down to it. And adjusting to that is just going to take time. And the key thing is not to force that. Very well said. And just one final point on that, on, on Erica being out there. She also mentioned, of course, that uh, Vicky Wall, the Meath inter-county footballer who has reached another All-Ireland final um, with her county, will be coming out quite shortly. She mentioned how much she's looking forward to getting to know Vicky and having Vicky around the place. It's later, the later time you go out, Mike, is it too simplistic to say that it's more difficult for Vicky at that point, you know, that she hasn't had the extra five or six weeks, obviously in terms of physical training and preparation and the mental side of it that Erica has. Is Vicky somebody that's going to take obviously a little bit longer to settle into all of this or has she got the skill set already and she certainly has the physique and the cardiovascular uh, and the strength and conditioning to, to hit the ground running but she's going to need a bit more time you know on the ground with the kangaroos in Melbourne getting used to all of this before we might see her Yeah you would think an enormous situation that would have to be the case but with Vicky who knows you know she's got that that ability and she's just got that net make an impact straight away as you say there'll be no issues in terms of fitness and and um, all that because she'd be coming straight off in all Ireland final she'd be at peak conditioning and fitness so it'll be just the case of uh, getting up to speed in terms of the, the, the skills and the rules and the structures of the team so definitely in, in Vicky's case um, why we mightn't see her for a round or two but again I wouldn't be surprised in, in her case they'll definitely be giving her more of a free role, I'd say, in terms of just working on instinct and playing to her strengths because how exciting will it be to just see that oh, burst yeah. of power and pace that we're so used to seeing week in and week out here in Crow Park transfer over to the Aussie That's going to be super exciting to watch. And, of course, the flip side of that, you mentioned Erica is looking forward to Vicky coming over. Um, in this instance, Erica will have six or seven weeks extra work done than Vicky, so Vicky will probably lean on Erica a little bit mm. in this case as well. Um, to bring her up to speed and, and um, all of that. So it's a very interesting dynamic. But yeah, to, to have the two of them there together, um, as with all the other clubs, when there's another Irish player around, it's great to have that extra level of support and stuff. But I wouldn't um, rule out Vicky making an immediate impact for definite. But in terms of on paper, you would think at the time she's coming out, she's going to be out there, let's say, for argument's sake, around the 3rd or 4th of August. Um the practice games are probably going to be likely around two or three weeks after that. So she's only going to have two or three weeks to bed in before they're straight into practice games. But don't be surprised if she makes an impact. And likewise, 
her me teammate or the Lally, who's, mm. who'll be heading over to Fremantle as well. You know, um, the, the one thing I've noticed, and, and these are all the players that I've worked with personally this year, more than any other year, the group of girls that's gone over at the minute have the best base set of skills and have acclimatised the quickest to the sharing of any of the Irish girls so far. Uh, Blaine Mackin included. These, it's incredibly exciting what these players are capable of. And I think they're all capable of making an immediate impact and they're all capable of breaking into the team sooner rather than later. So nothing is guaranteed, as we know, but it's, it's very exciting to see all of them, as well as the Kangaroos, um, get out for their first game when the season starts. Indeed it is. And just nicely segueing into, now that we'll we move on from America, and just finally, from your point of view, uh, Mike, you've been busy working with a couple of demons over the last 24, 48 hours ahead of their trip out there. And not just those individual players, but a lot of the other players now have already landed in Australia ahead of the new season. Yeah, so we're with most of the players over now at this stage, apart from the, the meat girls, obviously, Orla and Vicky, who aren't going to go out till after the All-Ireland. So the big question is, will they be going out with their second All-Ireland medal? Um, a very interesting one and a very interesting All-Ireland final there against Kerry coming up as well, of course. But yeah, um, the Demons, Sinead Goldrick and, and Blaine Mackin have just headed out uh, across the last week or so there, and we've been doing some work with them. Again, fantastic to see them at our own AFLW Pro Skills sessions and that's the first time the Demons will have had a kick together Sinead and Blaine it was the first time that Orla Lally and Anya Tai had a kick together at one of my sessions and it was the first time that Ailis Constein and, and Neve Kelly had a kick together as teammates from the Crows as well at one of our sessions so they're all very exciting things that are happening as well when we do meet with the players here at home and get out with them but yeah absolutely phenomenal you know we know what Goldie's going to do um, she's going to be brilliant again She's gunning for it and gunning for round one straight away, like a grand final rematch against the Crows. So um, they're straight into it. Uh, but I mentioned her there a while ago, Blaine Mackin. This player is incredibly exciting. You know, the, she she's brilliant at LGFA, as we know, but her thing already, after just a summer of sessions here at home, um, she's going to land in Melbourne and she's going to look like she's been playing the game for two or three years, without a doubt. But she has an unbelievable grab and an ability to mark so I think we might see Blaine up the forwards a little bit for Melbourne which would be really interesting and I know Goldie had a couple of contenders for mark of the year last year but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Blaine taking some cracking marks up there in the forwards alongside Taylor Harris and what a story that would be or what a full full forward line that would be but huge promise and really really exciting And, and of course Blaine has great support from everyone in Armagh as well and both those players, of course, are heading out possibly a week or two earlier than they had planned with Dublin and Armagh exiting from the championship um, earlier than they had hoped. But from an AFLW point of view, that's even better for the players because they both get an extra couple of weeks of preseason and they're both out in time for the Melbourne Demons team bonding weekend as well, which is critically important, especially for the likes of Blaine coming into the squad for the first time. Excellent stuff. Busy as ever, Mike. Um, and just the, the wheels are turning. Most of the Irish players, if they're not already out there, will be out there very, very shortly. All 21 will be in the throes of preseason before the start of season 7.0. And just before I let you go, um, one of the, uh, another story coming out of Australia just over the last 24 hours is that Disney Plus have, does, have announced Fearless. The inside story of the AFLW is coming to the Disney Plus platform. They've announced new details of an upcoming Australian commission series. Mm-hmm. 
Title Fearless, the inside story, the AFLW. The Walt Disney Company, together with AFL, announced with unprecedented access a six-part docuseries that will deliver a world-first look inside AFLW and the powerhouse movement that has become for women in sport. The series will launch on Disney Plus in 2022, doesn't say when, ahead of the next season of the AFL Women's Competition. Now, we don't have details of which clubs and individuals are involved, but uh, just to finish up, Mike, another positive step. And if Disney Plus are getting behind the AFLW, you know things are getting serious in terms of promotion of women in sport out there. Oh, this is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like we're, we're getting brilliant coverage of the games and highlight shows here and stuff. And we're seeing the game day and we're seeing the matches, which is fantastic. But this gives you next level access. Now, as you say there, behind the scenes, I, I believe a number of players have been tracked across various clubs uh, across the last year or longer even. So it's going to be fantastic to see what goes on behind the scenes. Um, uh, before and after games during the week training how that all looks for the players and stuff and, and hopefully we'll see a few of the Irish players featuring in that but yeah absolutely brilliant again to see that coming out and I'm definitely looking forward to having a look at that as I'm sure a lot of Irish AFLW fans are here we might get you your own Disney Plus series yet Mike with Mickey Mouse and yourself what a series that would be <laughs> talking about the AFLW with your expert analysis listen once again we've gone way over but I'm glad we have because that was a, a really interesting and insightful chat as ever with you here on the Big Red Bench thanks for talking to us about Erica O'Shea and uh, her, her her move out to Australia and for even more insight and behind the scenes look at AFLW the season will soon be here Mike and we'll be going at it week after week but uh, I can't wait yeah same here Jared. it's rolling in fast and looking forward to it thanks Mel that's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune into the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan, and guests between 6 and 7 p.m. on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels, as well as visiting our official website, redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.